no, I'm no, lo- I'm no longer going to listen to what you say about me. I'm no longer going to allow for you to say that my assertiveness is aggressiveness. I'm no longer going to allow you to, to tell me things that are lies about me. And I think that that's super powerful because then we can start finding our voices because I feel like black women have the most powerful voices on the earth. Okay. We, honey, we are dripping melanin. We are, we are creators of like, we are creators of life. Like we, there's so many things that we can say of black, black women, just their style, just their gentle sequa. You know what I mean? Like it's just everything about them. And I think once we start realizing that power, then we can stand up against anything. Hey there, I am Zipporah Monique. I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia. I am 34 years old and I am an emotional intelligence strategist. Everyone wants to be fully known and fully loved by someone. And some spend their whole lives searching for that person and never find them. Yet, there are a few who stumble on a valuable truth hidden in plain sight. The only human that can fully know and fully love you is you, and self-discovery is the only route to the destination we call known. Welcome to the Known Podcast, where we listen to the stories of those who decide to take that journey. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Zipporah Monique, and I'm excited to have you here today and have a conversation with you and hear your story. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Can't wait for this combo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who is Zipporah? Okay. Um, Zipporah is, <laughs> um, where do we start? Um, I grew up on the south side of Atlanta. Um, I was actually born in New York, but I came down here when I was younger. So grew up on the south side of Atlanta. Um, I was this really, really low self-esteem child. Um, I lived in a single parent home. Um, so I always sought validation from my mom. I always sought validation from my brothers, my two other brothers. Um, so it was always like this people pleasing spirit of mine. Okay. (laughs) Um, so that, I guess that landed me in trying to seek validation from the outside. Um, that landed me in terrible relationships. Um, I was in an abusive relationship for seven years. Um, I actually got out of that relationship and that's when uh, I guess my life kind of started and I started finding my identity. Um, and that was well into me being 24. So I already felt like I was late, super late in finding out who I was, but, um, in finding out who I was, I, 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 I began to like love myself. So, it really, I feel, I really feel like the different, the, I guess the different personalities or different um, levels of my life. I can definitely see like a really good, like a demarcation between them. It's like, okay, this person, I would never be that person again. This person, oh my God, thank you for helping me grow, but I would never <laughs> identify with you again yeah. either. Um, and that's really what I kind of pride myself on is like, I kind of dug myself out of that you know, that spiraled to allow people to walk over me, to be this people pleaser, to turn around and be like, you know what? I matter, you know, I'm I'm valued. So that is, that is me. (laughs) What did that look like? You said after you got out of that relationship, you really started doing the work to figure yourself out. And goodness, Um, it looked like a lot of trial. Sorry, it looked like a lot of trial and error. <laughs> um, a, lo- a lot of trial and error. Like I got out of that relationship, I was super lost because I'm not sure if you know, but when or 
I'm sure people that listen to this podcast, if you're in a, an abusive relationship, they kind of, they, they separate you from others. They devalue you. Mm. They kind of strip you from all of your self-worth and they, and they make you feel like that they are the only person that will ever love you or accept your flaws or accept, you know, all of you. Um, so I was really coming out like a scared little <laughs> deer, if you will, mm-hmm. like just a little wobbly. Okay. <laughs> we were super wobbly, but um, for a while I had to figure out what made me happy, figure out, okay, where did my value come from? Where did my strengths come from? Where did, you know, um, where did my light come from? Because it wasn't inside of me, obviously. Um, so I did go to therapy. I would definitely recommend therapy for everybody. Um, I definitely mm-hmm. went through therapy and they kind of helped me walk through that, but it's still that, that journey of, why did I allow this? Why did I allow a, a, an abusive relationship for seven years? You know, mm-hmm. every, like, you know, re, just the whole cycle of it. Um, yeah. So I think that part just really opened up my eyes. Yeah. What are some tools you use during that time? You mentioned therapy. Anything else in yeah. particular? Um, therapy, uh, working out was a big thing. Mm-hmm. I, need, um, I needed to get all, all that aggression. Uh <laughs> So I did a lot of boxing. <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of boxing mm-hmm. and lifting weights. Um, I did a lot of um, pouring back into my relationships as well and using my support mm-hmm. system. While I was in this abusive relationship, nobody knew. Like my brothers didn't knew. My mm-hmm. family did not know because I felt embarrassed about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think once I went to therapy, once I started using exercise, once I started pouring into my support system and getting that value back and getting that, oh, I definitely am loved. That's when I was able to share my story. And I feel like when you start Mm -hmm. sharing your story and standing in it and not being embarrassed about it or um, Mm -hmm. feeling like you've messed up and you ruined your entire life, that's when you Mm -hmm. can win in that part. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, you touched on a couple of things there. And one thing people hear me say on this podcast all the time is that growth doesn't happen in a bubble. And so it may not have been intentional, but as you're working on yourself, your emotional, your mental health, you're also working on your physical health, right? Mm-hmm. Like like they they overlap, you know, whether that's spiritual, physical, mental, it, it all overlaps. Um, and oftentimes you can see gains in multiple areas as you invest in the self-discovery journey. So I love that you pointed that out. So on this journey, what is the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself? Oh man. Um, the most interesting, goodness. Um, the most interesting, I would say like, it's a couple things. I, one is, um, how many things aren't my fault essentially. Um, how many things are my fault? I'm going to list them first. Okay. How many things are my fault? Mm-hmm. How to give myself grace. I think that was super, super important. And the fact that I'm fully equipped from the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can kind of expand on all of them. Like the first one for um, everything wasn't my fault. There's a lot of different things that, that happened in my mom's life and my grandmother's life and my great grandmother's life that kind of, they repeated the cycle of domestic domestic violence they didn't want to tell me this mm-hmm. because they were obviously embarrassed and so on and so forth but I, and I never knew that so I followed in their footsteps yeah. so it's like 
dang, I'm sitting over here breaking generational curses that I ain't never knew nothing about. <laughs> yeah. So like it's real. Yeah, it's it really is real. So like I think learning that I was able to be like, wow, like this this isn't my fault. It kind of took like a little, you know, a little weight off of you, not all the way, but like it could it kind of took a lot of weight mm-hmm. off of you. So dealing with that, I think it's a blessing and a curse. Like, okay, it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility to not let it carry on to the next mm-hmm. generation. Um, the mm-hmm. second one being give myself grace. We are our own worst critic. And honey, if you can listen to the, all the times that I curse myself out for, you know, just all the mistakes and just all the things that I did. And I think along the journey is really like you've never been here before, Zipporah. Like even in the in even in the, in the in the abusive relationship, I've never been in that before. I've never been in a healed place before. I've never been, you know, all in all these different places. So now I'm like mm-hmm. find myself in these different places, and I'm not giving myself grace because I look at an experience, and it's more so. No, honey, this is your first time here. You've never been here before. It's okay. It's okay yeah. to give yourself grace. It's yeah. okay to rest. It's okay to you yeah. know pour into you. It's okay, girl. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, somebody said recently that confidence comes from experience. And a lot of times Absolutely. we think that we should be entering situations with confidence, but no, confidence comes from being there before. And so yeah. it's hard to, you can, you can enter spaces optimistically, you can enter spaces knowing that your strength can carry over, but you know, confidence comes from experience. So give yourself some grace. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important, especially nowadays, I think. Um, and the last one is that I'm fully equipped. I think that's probably Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things that I learned from myself. Um, because once you do the introspective work, like the therapy, the shadow work, the the looking into like who you really are, I think that that then you start developing like y'all got some really good strengths out here. You know, like I'm winning in a lot of different areas, you know, because I used to focus on the on the things that I wasn't good at. Like, oh, I'm not good at this. Okay, well, let me work on that. Like, no, God made sure that I was weak in those areas is more so um, those strengths are going to be the things that you need to operate in. Those strengths are what's going to save other people's lives. Those, the strengths is why you're put here and why you're, why you're here to serve. And I think if we know that we're fully equipped from the beginning, that seeking validation outside, that seeking validation from anyone or anything else is deaded. It's no more. The competition mm-hmm. is no more. It's all about how can I show up the best that I can be in my strengths. So, yeah. 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 What are what are some of your strengths? Ooh, um, I I think my way of thinking is a strength of mine. I think in systems, right? So mm. how you uh, <laughs> so I have a biology I have a biology degree. So having that biology degree, everything is in systems. Okay, like the lymphatic. Mm. Okay, and <laughs> you need everything is mm. in a system, and and if, if if one little thing is off, right? If one little thing is off, the whole system fails so that's why I've always thought in systems because then basically if I if I run the system then it's a success or if the system isn't working right then I know exactly where it's coming from because it's a system mm-hmm. right and that means that one gear is not going to work um so I think I really really love that um I love my resilience or resiliency you have mm-hmm. <laughs> I love yeah, that I'm yeah. resilient okay <laughs> there we uh-huh. go um, I I do love that because um 
the amount of times that I've been knocked down or been told no or been told, oh, you just a little black girl, like just or devalue just because of the way I look. I think all of those things can really take a a real beating to your psyche. And if you're not, if you're not emotionally intelligent, if you're not self-aware, then it will literally rock you and you will not be able to get back up. But um I, I learned at a younger age that it's gotta work or it's gotta work. Like it's it, there's yeah. no, you know, having plan B's is is good, but it takes your mind off of plan A. So yeah. I think when, once I got into like, and that's what, that's, I kind of, that's what's helped me over the years in business. It's like, I signed up for business. I'm like, uh, it doesn't matter if it takes 20 years to be an overnight success. I'm going to be in here. I'm going to do this. Um, and I think another one of my strengths is just being able to recognize or be empathetic to people. Empathy is a yeah. lost trait out here um and I think that that when you're able to pick up on social cues when you're able to pick up on man this person is a little off today and everybody's like no she's fine she's good but she's definitely having an episode or whatever the case may be I'm able to like pinpoint that like just naturally not even trying to force it or anything like that so I think that that is definitely one of my strengths and actually one of the things that I had to kind of grow in I had to grow into that responsibility because at first I didn't want it like, I don't care about mm. her life. <laughs> I don't care what she got going yeah. on. But then that's why I'm here. I'm here to serve. You're here to be yeah. there for others. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your career. So you kind of mentioned it earlier. How did you end up here? How did self-discovery get you here? Wow. Talk to me about it. Um, I say wow, because it's it's just been an amazing ride. Um. So like I said, I have a biology degree. I was actually on my way to med school and I was like, I shadowed some doctors, I shadowed PAs. I did this for a while, okay? This this was my dream forever. And I shadowed them and I was like, I just don't like the way y'all interact with your patients. Like <laughs> you more so interact with them. Like they're a case, they are, they are, they are, their, they are their symptoms, whatever the case may be, or insurance mm-hmm. claim, whatever. And at the bedside manner just wasn't there for me. And while a lot of people say, well, you could have changed that atmosphere. I knew that I wanted to touch people outside of the, the health realm, mm-hmm. right? I wanted to grab her the bigger picture. Okay. Cause health is, for me, health is holistically like, don't, don't give me drugs. Don't give me, you know, all the pharmaceuticals that you have or recommend a surgery. How can we heal this holistically? Right. Mm -hmm. How can we heal this from the inside out? So then we're not covering things up. Mm -hmm. So, um, I did a dead halt on that. I was just like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm, I don't think I've ever been more lost in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so actually, when I made that decision, um, probably for about a week, there was like this feeling in my stomach. And I feel like women were so powerful because we had those those intuitive feelings, um, especially when we were aligned. Like we have those intuitive feelings where like there was literally a, a pain in my gut for like a week. Mm-hmm. before I'm making this decision, but I knew it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, I had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> so I actually got a job as an uh, executive assistant to, a, to an online healthcare holistic company. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was right along the same lines. Okay, the holistic, okay. Blah, blah, blah. But I 
I feel like that was, that was my Susie Carmichael stage in my life because I was really <laughs> this black girl in the mix of white men. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they only saw me as this little black girl that I only can do assistant things. Mm-hmm. But I would give them amazing, amazing pitches. I would give them amazing, you know, do amazing work. I'm literally running their entire business. Mm-hmm. Like, on logistics side, I never even worked in logistics, Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, just every, the whole ent- entire business. And I just felt like I was underappreciated, undervalued. And I'm just like, these are triggering, triggering me for my feelings from my past. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had to be like, okay, let me start something on my own. Let me start doing something on my own. So then I started actually, cause I know I knew so much about business. I just jumped into business strategy. <laughs> I was like, let me just do this business strategy. Let me help you with their businesses. Um, I think that was um, around the time where like um, just business like entrepreneurship was like really, really um, starting getting off the ground. And I was doing this business strategist and, and that was super good. But I found... I found myself doing more so mindset coaching and more so mm-hmm. intelligent, emotional intelligent coaching. And it's like, there, these are so many, there's so many broken people building broken businesses. And mm-hmm. they feel like if, if, I, if I'm broken, then it's not going to affect my business. And it's like, no, honey, it's definitely going to affect your business. Uh, we're going to see it, whether it be in your customer service, whether it be in your consistency, whether it be in your discipline, we're going to see that you're not, um operating at a hundred percent so that's why I'm like okay what is it what is it like how can I help people from like I really wanted to solve a major major problem in people and I think um that's kind of when I landed on to emotional intelligence at first it was confidence in success systems and people are like girl what's that girl what's that well it's emotional <laughs> it's the same thing as emotional intelligence essentially um mm-hmm. Once you're emotionally intelligent, that means you have the self-awareness, you have the empathy, you have the 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 self-regulation, you have the motivation. So that is that confidence. Okay, we're going to be super confident as well as create successful routines to make us disciplined, to make us consistent, and to make our us run our businesses in our life in a in a high regard or or having just high standards. And that's what I am in right now. And I swear that I love, love, love it. Um, I'm able to go into a room and notice who doesn't have emotional intelligence, who's been working on themselves just by having a 30 second, not even a talking to somebody, just being in the room and feeling it. Your energy Mm -hmm. tells on you, okay? Your energy definitely (laughs) tells on you. So, um, and that's been super great. And that's actually how you and I met is, just teaching emotional intelligence to people who may have never heard about it, who never pieced it all together, who may be in these leadership roles, but have no idea what a leader looks like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's been amazing ever since. I'll never yeah. turn back ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. How would you describe this phase of your life? Mm. You know what? I really feel like I have been on different cycles. I think over these last few years has been kind of like a a healing stage for me. Um, As you, I'm sure, I'm sure you know, but like with healing, it's so cyclical. Like you think that you got over something, like let's say, you know, I got over this forgiveness. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I, I forgave this person, you know, I got over it. It's amazing. And then a bigger boss of forgiveness comes and mm-hmm. you have to redo it or, you know, and then mm-hmm. like, okay, then um, you got to forgive somebody at a different angle. So I feel like we're on the, like the cyclical journey, but I feel like for me, um, cocooning would be the word, right? Mm-hmm. Cocooning would be my word um, just because I really, I think 2020 allowed for me to cocoon a lot more obviously (laughs) we were stuck in the house um but it also allowed for me to take a step back and I think that um I'm thankful for 2020 for what it was um unfortunately a lot of things happened and we lost a lot I think everybody lost a lot in 2020 but I definitely think thank thank you for what it was it's kind of like um that 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 negative thing that you're like I really didn't know I needed you, didn't want you, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm sure that I needed you for my, my development. Yeah. Um, so it allowed me to cocoon and allowed me to do a lot of introspective and allow, allow me to kind of take a step back and understand what I really, really want to commit to. So I say cocooning and um, we are just at, you know, the metamorphosis stage and we bought the, these wings are about to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you mentioned earlier, you touched on some of the relationships you've been in, some of the friendships that you rekindled once you got out of that relationship. Talk to me about how self-discovery has impacted your relationships, your friendships, romantic relationships, all that. Um, I think self-discovery has been so amazing for my relationships. Um, I think it's provided me the space, power, and confidence to set boundaries, which are very important, which I had none. <laughs> as a people as a as a people pleaser, you don't have any boundaries. Okay. Your boundaries are how do I make this person happy? So I think setting healthy boundaries were um it allowed me to find my voice mm. as well as it allowed for me to understand where I started. Like my value started, their value started essentially. Um another thing like letting go. I think when you're when you self-discover and you so you you get so grounded in yourself, like you understand that sometimes people are just here for a season. Sometimes people are just here to give you a compliment and and leave out your life or here for to show you a a bigger, bigger lesson. Um, As a recovering people pleaser, you're just always wanting to keep hold of relationships, keep hold of relationships, keep hold of things, whatever the case may be, you you seek validation. So it's always, okay, well, let me be better for them. Let me do this for them. Let me, let me force, let me beg, let me run after. And it's like, "Mm, no, you better be running after me, honey, because all this goodness. (laughs) So I think that it allowed for that. Um, And another thing like vulnerability, when we discover ourselves, when we get so like, when you own your story and there's no, there's no part of my story who I don't mind telling to, that means you can get, you can have these vulnerable um, conversations. You can have these heightened connections with people, regardless how long they're going to be in your life. If you have these vulnerable like conversations, you really can dig into who people are and, um, and, 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 and you can learn something from them. So I think that, man, with, with you being hurt, with me being hurt and me having these traumatic experiences, I close myself off from anything negative. And once I discover myself, it's like, well, if I'm shutting out everything negative, I'm not allowing anything positive to be in here either. 
so then once you're vulnerable it kind of like lets it all down and like okay what will be will be but I'm still going to be okay regardless of how whatever the outcome is yeah so you you've gotten deeper relationships and absolutely even, even if they haven't been long I've, I've experienced that too where just the the depth of your interactions is you know out of this world and it's yeah. something that I crave and it's something that I value and so I really love that. I really love that. Yeah. Why is self-discovery important to you as a black woman? Ooh, um, whew, I think for as a black woman, self-discovery is very important for a lot of different reasons, but um, more so because for black women, we're told what we are and who we are and and how we act and how we're devalued and how we are like the the most undervalued and unregarded you know entity and it's just like no I'm no I'm no longer going to listen to what you say about me I'm no longer going to allow for you to say that my assertiveness is aggressiveness I'm no longer going to allow you to to tell me things that are lies about me and I think that that's super powerful because then we can start finding our voices because I feel like black women have the most powerful voices on the earth. Okay. We, honey, we are dripping melanin. We are, we are creators of like, we are creators of life. Like we, there's so many things that we can say of black, black women, just a style, just a gentle psycho. You hear me? Like it's just everything about them. And I think once we start realizing that power, then we can stand up against anything. Mm-hmm. And and with 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 um, self discovery and black women, it's really just uncovering the queen, is uncovering the royalty, is uncovering the the goddess like nature that we've always been equipped with. It's just owning that and embracing that and walking in it. So that is that. That's what is that for me? <clears throat> the last question I'm going to ask you comes from a game called "We're Not Really Strangers." I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a really cool game um, that helps ask thought-provoking questions that help you connect with other people. So it could be strangers, it could be friends, it could be family members. Um, but I love this game. I think everyone should have this game. So I'm asking all of my guests a question from the game. And this question I have is, "What are you still trying to prove to yourself?" Oh, that is such a good question. Oh, honey. Um, okay, so I would definitely say um, that I'm not an imposter. Mm. Um, I think as as Black women, we deal with a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. We deal with a lot. Even my Angelou, she is definitely one of my icons. But even her, like on her 11th book, she's still like, are they ever going to find out like the real, you know, the real thing about me. So I think that I'm really trying to prove to myself that I'm not an imposter. I'm not a fraud. Like I do this every single day. Like it comes from, it comes from my purpose. Like it comes from who I am. So I think um, trying to prove that to myself every single day, sometimes I don't win, but I think that is definitely one of those things that's always there. That yeah, I'm not an imposter. Yeah. yeah imposter syndrome is, is a tough one. One thing that's been working for me lately, my friend Serena told me, um, gratitude. Oh, yeah. So, you know, gratitude is the anecdote for so many things. Absolutely. Um, but especially when you're walking into a room where you feel like you don't belong. Yeah. Changing it to, I'm just so grateful to be yeah. here. You know, it's it's so hard to, um, it's so hard to 
focus on the fact that you're not supposed to be there when you're so focused on the fact that you're just grateful yeah. to be there. Like yeah. You're grateful to be in the room. Well, I'm supposed to be here now, yeah. you know, and that's been impacting me. That's been changing the way that I walk in rooms. Yeah. You know, I don't have to sit here and try to make sure my voice is heard. I'm just happy to be at the table. Right. And, you know, it's just, uh, that's, that's changed my life. And so I hope that that nugget helps you. No, too. it does. It does. I'm a whole gratitude gangster, yeah. but you, but usually like, I love the fact yeah. that you change that like that. Like, usually it's more just like, I just mm-hmm. repeat my mantras. Like, okay, you're safe. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're abundant. Life mm-hmm. happens for you. Mm-hmm. But no, I love the fact that you go straight to gratitude. That's everything. Wow. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, Tell the people how they can keep up with you. Yes, yes. Um, so you can go over to ZipporahMonique.com. Um, I am over there. I actually just wrote a book, if I can do a simplest book. Here. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, I just wrote a book. Um, it's actually my second book. It's called uh, Reclaim Your Reign, which is an emotional intelligence guide for women of color. Um, it's really like a workbook style to where you work through your shadow work, you work through your forgiveness, you work through your boundaries, you work through everything in there. And it does give you like some success systems and so on and so forth. But you can find that at ZipporahMonique.com. You can also find me at ZipporahMonique on IG. I'm heavy on IG, but you can find me on all <laughs> platforms. Um, YouTube, uh, TikTok, all of the above at ZipporahMonique. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Known Podcast Season 2. I hope you walked away from this episode feeling encouraged to either begin or to continue your journey to the destination we call known. If you enjoyed this episode, if you feel like you grew as a result, we'd love to hear about it. You can leave us a review on Apple Music or Spotify. Or if you want to connect with us directly, you can follow us on Instagram at The Known Podcast. You can follow me, your host, at The Mia Darling on Instagram as well. I'm so grateful that this amazing Black woman decided to share her story with us. And I hope that you are empowered and inspired to share your story too. Let's all keep sharing our stories as we walk this path to the destination we call known. See you next time.